Hey, you've checked out another episode of the Good Advice Podcast, and this is round two. Today's episode is brought to you by WP Maintenance Plan. You can find out more at WPMP.org. It's a business that will cover handling the maintenance of your WordPress site. Did you know that in order for your website to show up at the top of Google search listings, it has to be in compliance with a heck of a lot of different standards from optimizing the page, from security fixes, from all sorts of maintenance that I don't want to deal with, you probably don't want to deal with, you probably want to just focus on whatever awesome service you offer to your customers. So offload all of that maintenance, all of that technical stuff to WP Maintenance Plan. They'll take care of it at a 100% satisfaction guarantee for only $49 a month. No WordPress site comes out of the box, even meeting two-thirds of Google's recommendations for what a website needs to have in order to place high on its search listings. So check out WPMP.org to find out more. Hey, thanks for checking out the Good Advice Podcast. This is round two, where we bring back not just my favorite guests, we bring back your favorite guests. I'm sitting down with Allegra Stein. She joined us all the way back in 2019. I don't remember the date. It feels like everything's a blur right now with COVID. But with Allegra, I was like, we got to get you back on the podcast. Her episode, by the way, was one of the most downloaded episodes in the history of of the podcast. We're like almost 140 episodes deep and at, at the time of recording this. And so I was like, Allegra, I, I need some more. I need a popularity boost to the podcast. I need to get you back on. Wow. Allegra, thanks for joining today. Thank you for having me. I think it's so fun how you, you know, sometimes you just create things and put them out in the world. You don't know where they're going to go or who they're going to reach. And if it, if it reached even one person and helped them maybe see things in a different way, then, then that's why we're here. Right. You know, isn't it crazy how true that is? I, I was talking to someone a couple weeks ago and we were talking about social media and she was, she's a business owner and she was talking about, you know, like, how do I, I feel like I put all this energy behind like a post and like to drive my business and no one looks at it. No one reads yeah. Then like the most flippant, you know, the thing that we just, you just throw it out there. It's like off the cuff. You know, you had, <laughs> you had a drink before you, right. you woke up from a nap. You were just like, oh, <laughs> whatever, you know, and you post it. And then like, people are sharing it. They're, they're PMing you. They're like, man, what to me more about this. And you're yeah. just like, uh, it, it feels like that's very true. I don't know. I think it's, I, I find it's always the way that the the more relaxed we are in our sharing, oftentimes the more resonant it is with others because they just sense that we're not, we're not trying. We're just sharing and kind of, you know, speaking what's true for us. And it, it just has a different feel to it. Yeah. It's almost like social media is so, I can't think of the word like sterilized. Like Mm. we're so, it's gotta be so prim and proper. And so, and I'm not talking about being like politically correct. I'm talking about like, we put so much thought into the persona that kind of like exactly what you're saying. When that, when that real self comes out, people are like, Ooh, I like, 
I like that like about that. that person. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's yeah, that's what I'm trying to that's what I'm trying to get people to do more of, that's for sure. Yeah. So tell me, you know, what have you been working on? Like I said, I can't remember the date of the first episode. I know it's been a while, it's been several months. You know, what's been going on in your world? Um especially, I mean, you're navigating a pandemic like everyone else is. Yeah. Um, What's happening in your world? So, well, on a personal level, I have kids, grade school kids. I have a seventh grader and a fourth grader. And so they're both learning remotely. They're in the other room and may or may not (laughs) call out to me, but I I trust that they're on their, on their schedule. So that's good. Um, and yeah, it's been just a pretty quiet summer personally, you know, as with everyone just really hunkering down. And um, the last time we talked actually was after my UMAP certification. So we had connected through Kristen Sherry and then I came on to share some of my perspective on why I thought UMAP was such a valuable tool. And um, I had continued to use UMAP through the fall. I'd been doing these UMAP partnerships with a lot of women who were in career transition and really trying to figure out what was going to come next. And in December, this, I had this light bulb moment where, you know, I've been a coach for, at that point it was about seven and a half years. So now it's over eight years I've been coaching. And in December, as a result of my own UMAP, because when I was certified in UMAP, you know, when you get certified in a tool, like usually you do it on yourself but I was also very focused on how is this going to be helpful for other people. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't really like soaked in what my UMAP told me about my own coaching until again, December of 2019, when I had this light bulb moment of, Oh my gosh, like knowing all these things about myself, all of these dots started to connect in my practice that I hadn't been able to kind of weave together again, over seven years of being in this work as a coach. And I thought every coach needs their UMAP. It's like (laughs) every coach should have their UMAP. How do I make that happen? And so that little idea became the seed from which I kind of took that into this, into the new year in January and um, was brainstorming with one of my coaches about what to do with it. And he was like, well, it's not just about that. Like there's a bigger conversation out there in the coaching world that I think this could have some impact on. And it was like, I, my brain just started to, all these puzzle pieces started to connect around the message that I wanted to bring to coaches. And I ideated a program. I'm an ideator. So I was like, I want to do this program. I called it the Nation Compass. I had this video. I'm like, I put it all up on a whiteboard and it really took off. Like I started running the Nation Compass program I ran a cohort every month through August. So um, it kind of just kept going. And this, the, the conversation that I've been having with coaches has been like my point of view on things has just suddenly taken off as a result of like recognizing how little, how little coaches are encouraged to like be themselves in their work. You know what you were saying before when people really drop in, just like talking about who they are and, taking the kind of prettiness off prettiness, like the polish off. Mm -hmm. It's really something. So that's work that I was doing. It's work that I'm, I'm creating moving forward. That's evolving into kind of a next, into a next evolution that I'm really excited about. And, um, 
I just feel like I have some really, a really strong point of view about what new coaches face when they enter the coaching industry. Why does it seem like there is, um, I I don't want to say that, I I don't want to say that there needs to be a greater barrier to entry for coaching. Um, cause, cause in some ways there are certifications out there that people feel like they really need that they really don't need. But on the flip side there, it seems like people speaking very plainly, especially on social media, it feels like everyone is a coach or everyone is a consultant, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you, I get on Facebook and just scroll through and I even see courses that say, Hey, you can, you can become a consultant today for only, you know, 1995, take my course and you'll be a consultant. Um, or even, you know, what's really funny is some of these, um, uh, home businesses where, uh, like these sort of MLM style businesses, they even call themselves consultants for like their products that they're selling. Like, Hey, let me tell you about this, this, um, you know, what have you. Talk to me about how do you really help someone dig in on the real meat that comes with offering something of value, not just as a business owner, but as a coach, how do you help new coaches sort of find that unique spin? I mean, it's, it's, I'm not even really meaning to get to this, but we're talking about niching out, right? Yeah. Actually finding that, what's that magic that someone offers? You know, how does someone go from the idea of, I think I want to coach. I think I want to be a consultant in some way to actually doing it, getting results, helping people in a meaningful way. What does that look like? So I have to, I first have to kind of inject this point of view that I've got that one of the problems or if I've been calling it like the fatal flaws of the coaching industrial complex, it's kind of this, phrase I've been playing with is, is that it puts the business of coaching before the coaching. So I use this metaphor a lot. Like if you were a baker and you, you said, I want to be a baker. I've had some great baked goods. I see other bakers. I like what they do. It feels like it's in alignment with who I am. So I'm going to go to baking school. You go to baking school and you, you learn some recipes and some technique. And then you come out the doors of the bakery. And automatically this car pulls up and it's like, hey, You're, you, pull, you walk out the doors of the baking school and this car pulls up and says, hey, come on, let me go help you build a bakery. Let's go build a bakery. Come on, let's do it. You know, oh, okay, I guess. I guess I want to go build a bakery. So you get in the car and you go and you sit in the meeting. All right, so what color should the bakery be? What the t- what's the title going to be? What do you want to cook? How should the menus look? What about the branding? How about publicity? We got to market this thing. Let's go, let's go, let's go. That baker hasn't done any baking yet. Right. The first thing, when you think about a baker coming out of that baker needs to go to deadhead to a grocery store, pick up a bunch of ingredients that draws their attention and go to their kitchen and start baking. And they need to just bake and change recipes and figure out their style and design their own stuff and play with ingredients. So they want to do cupcakes or bagels or pies. When you look at that, it's like, well, yeah, that makes sense. Because once that baker has a sense of who they are as a baker, they've baked a lot. They've sampled and tested and tried things out. Then they have the confidence and the self-awareness and the vision to then say, all right, now I'm ready to maybe think about building a bakery, which is a completely different thing, right? Building a bakery is different than figuring out who we are as bakers. I think coaches are dealing with this 
every moment after their certification. <laughs> they get certified and the prevailing narrative, and now it's time to build a coaching business. There's no where I think like the order's reversed. I'm I I and it's so overwhelming because building a coaching business, which is what you are seeing, I think what we're seeing on social media is a lot of people trying to find a magic prescription or proven system to build a coaching business so that they can coach. Mm. And I'm really trying to challenge that. I'm really trying to, because I got caught up in that. I got my coaching certification and within a month, you know, I was like, now what? And the answer to that, the very loud answer to that was like, well, you need to join this business building program. Right. And you need to pick a niche and build a website and get a message and figure out your funnels and do ads and <laughs> content and figure out social media. And it was like, I call it, I call that stuff, everything but coaching. <laughs> so it's like, if you do all, if you master all this stuff, yeah, then you can coach. And there's something so, I just see it now so clearly how, how twisted that is. And I see just new coaches who are really amazing, wise, vibrant people who have learned a new tool and they're excited to use it. Asking questions like, how do I build Facebook ads? You know, and it's like, what? It's like you're trying to build a bakery before you've even been in the kitchen. So when you ask this question around like, how do coaches provide value? How do we, I, I am very, I'm really trying to simplify that it comes down to coaches need to be talking to people as quickly as possible and with without concern about how much money they're going to make or how they're going to market it or what their niche is going to be, but simply to get into conversation with and be of service to another person to help that person break through a block or figure out a next step or whatever that coaching relationship is going to create for the, you know, for the client. Yeah. And um, it's, 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 a genius point. I love it. I mean, I'm with you. It, it, and it's not unlike the advice you would give, not even just a coach, anyone starting a business, like the, the quickest piece of advice you would give is go talk to your customers, start working things oh. out with your customers rather than worrying about all of this, um, minutia that comes with running a business. Yeah. And on the same token, I, I feel a, um, you know, even <laughs> it's almost a joke of, you know, how do I run Facebook ads? And it's like, okay, you don't, you don't have any money. So you obviously don't have the budget for it. You <laughs> yeah. know I mean? You're going to be spending hundreds, if not thousands on this stuff. I've even been in, in some of these um, group conversations where someone's like, yeah, set aside $5,000 this month and just throw it at Facebook. And I'm thinking, oh my, oh my gosh, no, like don't, mm. don't spend all that money. You don't, you don't even have any money. But so it, I, I feel this, this deep level of, um, disappointment in today's digital uh, business focus, if that makes sense. And, and, and sort of like this, it's really hard to be an entrepreneur today mm. or a new business owner or a new coach, because what you're talking about is, is getting rid of all of these things that they are important at some points, but they're not, I'm the not basis. disagreeing with that. Yeah. They're not the basis of, of, 
of, of literally the offering that you're giving out, the, the change that you're making, the influence that you're making. And yet it's so hard for someone to know what you're saying, for someone to say, okay, don't focus on this, focus on this, on who you are, on identifying who you are, on who you're really helping. It feels like today it's, it's, it is so challenging to cut through all that noise. Like, I like, how does, how does, how does the new entrepreneur, new coach, whatever the title, how do they avoid getting caught up in all of this stuff and really, because your truth that you're talking about, and I call it a truth because it really is like, yes, go do this. It's, it's not as sexy as, hey, here's the script for a Facebook ad and it's going to drive your business from zero to six figures in six weeks. You know, just throw money into it. You know, so like, how, how does someone avoid falling into this stuff? I mean, because it's so, it's just so mesmerizing. Well, right. And it's presented as very easy and like, you just, I see it, I call it like the proven system and the, the magic bullet, like, and there's so many different levels to it. So for the case of coaches and the coaches who tend to resonate with what I'm saying, they come into coaching wanting to coach. And the idea of being either a freelancer or being self-employed is like, and that would be really cool if I could do that. So the, my perspective on it is more of a slow and steady and sustainable development and path towards like having coaching as a career and not a quick way to be profitable. If a coach is like, I need to be profitable right away, then I'm usually like, then I'm not the person to talk to because there are plenty of techniques and ways and like legitimate, you know, the people who are teaching these systems are good people. I suspect they have their wisdom and experience some and all them, that stuff. I'm sure. I'm so sure. Some some of them, I'm sure. Yeah. But it, you know, but it's one of the things that I think happens too. And again, in the coaching industry, I see this a lot is that I call it goal hijacking where a coach. And I really think of just like, this person who's like, God, this would be really cool. I think I'd like to do this. I'd like to just be a coach and try it. Again, get sucked into this black hole of, and now you can make six figures in six months. And what that does is it starts to convince us, well, I guess that's what, co- that's what coaching success looks like. That I'm only successful if I can make X dollars and X amount a month. There's so much pressure around how much money you're making. And I'm, it's not that, I, that that's a problem. I think it's great. I just think it becomes the, the standard bearer of like whether you're doing well or not. And, you know, at the end of the day, a coaching partnership happens between you and one other person. Like when someone says, how do I start coaching? It's kind of like saying, how do I talk to a person? (laughs) That's kind of what it is. Like, how do I start coaching? And I'm like, well, you got to talk to people. How do I talk to people? (laughs) That's that I think is what you're pointing to is that the rise of social media and maybe digital connections have made it, have put this film over everything that before we can talk to someone, we first have to blank. Well, I mean, I'm trying not to beat a dead horse here, or maybe I don't even know if the horse is dead yet or not. It's it's, (laughs) it's just like, like here's, here's, here's the, here's the most recent example, literally yesterday, Someone said, hey, I'm trying to help people grow their business. I'm trying to help them get more sales uh, without having to talk to their clients. And I was like, what do you, 
what do you mean? Right. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying, you know, I'm, I'm getting into digital marketing and I'm, I'm specifically, I'm targeting people who are trying to get more sales without having to talk to clients. Cause you know, it's awkward. It's uncomfortable. People don't want to have to do that. So I'm trying to help people do that through like these different scripts. And like, if you just put this email out, it'll work. And so I have that data point in my head. And then I have another guy who was asking me about my business. He was like, man, how, you, how do you driving revenue for your business? And I was like, man, I just get out and talk to people. Like I just get out and have conversations. And he was like, okay, how do you think I could, I could grow my business, but not have to do that? Yeah. <laughs> and so like, I have those two things in my mind and I'm like, it, it, it's like, yes, we have this social media has sort of distanced people, but also like, it feels like people at their root, there's, there's just like this weird hesitation and this resistance to actually getting out and having real conversations with people. And I don't know if it's because we're nervous to be rejected. I mean, I'm sure that's probably it, but mm. it feels like social media has only sort of uncovered the fact that there are people out there who, like, yes, I want to be a coach, ooh, but I don't really want, I kind of only want the client who's like, right, who's like, who already loves me and who's ready to like get my help. Mm. Like, it's, I don't know, it's a weird disconnect. It's, yeah, I mean, even as you talk about it, I just picture, I, I do this a lot and your listeners can't see it over the podcast, but like I spread, I bring my hands together and then I spread them apart. And I, I just, I've, I've, I do this with my clients and coaches where I'm like, here's you. And here's like this person who you want to make a difference to like that your work can help them do something. And when you're talking about social media and like all the things out there, again, my hands just start to spread apart. It, it really has given this false sense of, or made it feel more complicated than I think it is. And that's like a really, it's a driving, you know, value and idea for me right now is simplicity. It's simple, you know, because new coaches in particular, and I can only speak from the perspective of a coach because that's the, the journey that I've been on. I mean, it really feels like, um, the picture that comes to mind is it's like a new little baby chick that comes out of its shell and is like <gasps> really excited and energized. And they're in like the middle of Manhattan, you know, <laughs> or, or I call it Pandora's box a lot because in the coaching space, and as you're speaking to just in the online entrepreneurial space, it is literally Pandora's box. It's just so much like I got to do this and this and this and this and what everyone's essentially saying and I think being kind of told and taught and screamed at in some cases is like yeah before you can do the thing you love you first have to do all this other stuff mm. you first have to do all the and then you can do the thing that you love and when it comes to coaching the thing that coaches love is talking to people mm. and so I'm just really trying to you know sometimes I just want to take a new coach by the shoulders and say you don't do you get what you're we're being sucked into is let's just really close the gap. Mm. Let's really simplify talking to one person. Is there not one person, one person in your life right now? And maybe they're a social media connection. I've met amazing people through Instagram DMS or Facebook messages. I consider those people kind of in my close, close network. Like, is there not one person who, you know, you could help right now? And I'm telling you, when people are willing to slow down, really slow down and kind of just open themselves to that possibility, they always come up with a name. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like my friend posted this thing. And when I read that, I thought I could help them. And then it's about 
you know, being willing to reach out to that one person and invite that one person to have a conversation with you. But I think the simplicity feels right. It's almost like it's too easy. How could it, it's too? How could it be yeah. that simple? Right. And listen, I was in that trap for a very long time, and I was trying to like bust out of it in my own little way. But I don't think I realized that, and that's why when I got my UMAP done, I was like, oh, now I can see why. I was never a proven system kind of person and why, I mean, my top strength is relator. You know, I, I'm, here's a funny story I'll tell you. It's literally, literally just happened today, but I'm opening up this new membership space and someone joined today who I don't know. She's the first member who I've never met before. And it is, I just want to be like, who are you? Who who, tell me about your story. I want to know who you are because I'm a, I'm a relator. I like building relationships. It's one of the discovery points that's for me in creating a membership space. Cause a lot of times people do memberships that are really, really big. And, you know, I'm like, I want to know every single person that's in there. And I, I, I felt that today when someone I'd never met before signed up for my thing but I never would have understood why I felt that way in the past. In the mm-hmm. past, I, I never would have gotten it. Now I do. And well, so, uh, I mean, other than, you know, uh, this, this episode is brought to you by Kristen Sherry's UMAP. I know. Uh, well, I do and, love her and I love her work. Well, and you know, and she's a relator. I mean, she's someone who, yeah. d- you know, despite however many people she's talking to on any given day, you know, really gives you a sense of drilling down. Hey, I'm focused on you. I'm talking to you. I mean, she's, she's incredible in that regard. Other than just UMAP itself as a tool, talk to me a little bit about this process because you mentioned a couple of times, you know, I've, I had sort of this light bulb moment. I had this aha and like all the pieces, you know, the, the puzzle pieces are scattered on the table and now it's like, it's like the light bulb is on. Oh, oh, yeah. and, and it's always been there, right? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. always been there, but now it's sort of like in retrospect, it's like, oh, how did I not, how did I not see this? Talk, talk to me a little bit about you know, some of the things that you discovered about yourself, but more importantly, how have you been shaping that into your niche and compass offering to help new coaches? Cause I get the sense that some of the coaches that you talk to, they have like the passion, like, yeah. like Oh yeah, I really want to help people in whatever way, Yeah, but they don't necessarily have the clarity of self that really gives them it's like the next level empowerment. I don't know the wording for it. It's like, it's like, I know I'm skilled. I know I'm talented enough to actually help, you know, get out there and help someone, maybe even take, take payment from them. But with clarity of self, with like this awareness of who I really am and how I fit yeah. and what have you, now it's like I've unlocked, I can't think of a reference. I'm thinking of like a media reference. I can't think of one. Like it's like Neo in the Matrix. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's like now I see things now. Yes, now I know yeah. who I am. Yep. What, what does that look like for you more specifically, but especially how have you, how have you used that to shape what you're offering today? All right. So I'll take it in a couple parts. And then if you have questions about each part, we can dive into it more. <laughs> I like to ask so, these like grandiose questions. I know. I'm like, like, all right. Okay, how do I, he just asked a three minute question. <laughs> now, how do I really? <laughs> like three different parts. Let me start with part one. Yeah, so yeah. my own story, my coaching, here's what I can do very easily. I can have an idea on Tuesday morning in the shower. And then by Tuesday evening, I have a little sales page up. And by Wednesday morning, I'm telling people about it. I like when I have an idea, like, oh, I really want to do this. 
I want to do, I love going on these walks and I want to practice my listening skills because listening is a powerful coaching skill. I'm going to set, I'm going to create something called a listening walk and I'm going to invite people to come and walk with me for 30 minutes and they're going to talk and I'm not going to say a word and we're going to see what happens. Okay. And by that night I had a little sales page, a little page up on my website. And literally the next morning I was starting to send it out to people and they were saying yes. And they were coming on walks with me, the listening walk. That <laughs> over the seven, eight years that I've been coaching, that is par for the course. I, to, to, um, to a fault because what would happen was I would have an idea. I would take action on it. I would get it out there. I would start to market it. People would say, yes, I'd get amazing results. I'd get cool testimonials. And then guess what? I'd have a new idea. Mm. And I'd be like, oh, but I really want to try this. That did not fit well in the coaching industrial complexes narrative that you need to pick something and stick with it and be very consistent and grow it over time. And so I would try and commit to these kind of marketing rules with an idea and then be like, but wait, I want to try this thing. And it got to the point where I'd wake up in the morning and just be like, shoot, I had a new idea. I feel so bad for those ideas now that I was like, darn it. Ugh, darn it. And I would start saying things like, when am I going to figure it out? I just can't figure Why can't I figure it out? Meaning this coaching business, not, not the game of coaching, right? The like coaching piece. I knew I was a really skilled coach and I had these powerful partnerships and I was working with people and all these different things. It was the business of coaching that I just felt like a misfit, like something wasn't clicking, like I wasn't smart enough. Anyway, fast forward to when I got my UMAP. Well, my top strength is relator. My next few strengths are ideator, activator, and maximizer. An ideator is someone who just loves ideas, can come up with ideas, loves ideas. I, I just love hearing about people's ideas and I have my own very easily. An activator is someone who can take action on things. It's almost like I, I, in some ways I'm a ready fire aim, which can be a little bit of the shadow side, but it's very easy for me to like get things started. And I'm a maximizer, which means that I like kind of trying new stuff and, 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 and taking what's good and like making it even better. When I saw those things about myself, and in December when I was like, oh my gosh, that's why I was never one to just pick a path and stay on it. I also value adventure and creativity and, and curiosity. And I realized that I, it wasn't that I was doing it the wrong way, I was doing it my way, and that my way just wasn't a fit for these very prescriptive kind of traditional coaching rules. You know, you, you mentioned when we got on the call that I wear this hoodie. I, I mentioned it last time. I'm wearing my hoodie now. Like, I used to think wearing a hoodie was a problem because the narrative in some coaching circles is you got to, like, dress up and dress a certain way and have a particular background and be pulled together. But I've been wearing hoodies on my adventures since I was a teenager. It's just like – and when I finally saw, like, oh, that's just who I am. Like, and when I'm, when I'm me – the more me that I am in my coaching and the more that your listeners who are coaches are them in their coaching, things just start to click into place. And, and seeing all these things about myself, like, like that's what I mean by the dots were connected is, Oh, that's why I always come up with new ideas. It's not a problem. That's why 
you know, it's, it's easy for me to get things started, you know, but then I don't necessarily stick with them in the long term, you know, consistency is not necessarily one of my strengths. It just made me feel so much better about myself. And I just was like, I wish I had known this from the beginning. Mm. So that's kind of my, how seeing those things about myself and really building my literacy in what makes me, me was so powerful. Now, what you're talking about is like, cool. So how, you know, someone sees this and this is where I've shifted into wanting to bring it to other coaches is it's one thing to see it. It's another thing to be confident in it. And it's a third thing to be able to communicate it. And that really became a big part of what I started to do in the Niching Compass, in which I'm now doing, the new project I'm doing is called Misfit to Maverick. That's going to be the membership that I'm building. That's actually, it. it's opening up. <laughs> it's called Misfit to Maverick with this exact idea that the coaches who I want to help are the ones who feel like they're, they're these unique and creative people trying to find their way in an industry that can feel very if you saw it's like I'm like a big building it's like very like like there are these rules and this is how you do it and follow this blah, blah, blah. and I'm just like yeah but some of us are a little more quirky and different and 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 want to be mavericks you know we want to like kind of do things in our own unique way and so every coach starts with their UMAP it's the first piece of things but then it's about like cool now you see it can you tell people about it can you communicate it to someone else? You know, you've got this cool new script in this dictionary of yourself. Now, how do you bring that? How do you use that to describe what you do? Yeah, it, it, you've used the word dictionary. You've said a couple of other like similar words and it keeps bringing me back to someone who got, wasn't a UMAP, but a similar type of test. And I remember them saying, you know, it's, it's like I'm getting the vocabulary Ugh. that I've never, like, I, I always knew this about me, but I didn't know what it was. And now that yep. I'm saying the word, it's like, oh, yes, that's yes. And that's, it's amazing. You've just, you've hit the nail on the head. Like when I think about, and what, you know, and here's the thing, here's the thing about those assessment tools and why I like coaching around it and not just like giving it to someone is because you can take these assessments, you can get your UMAP, you can look at it. It's one thing to look at it. It's another thing to like sit with it. And it's another thing to actually practice saying it out loud. That is a huge, I love that space because otherwise it just becomes another kind of tool that sits on the shelf that we don't do anything with. But, but the, the, I just designed the niching compass, which is now a course to help people take what's in their UMAP and really embody it, you know, not just be like, oh, this is nice, but like, what does this actually mean to my work? Because one of the things that I say, you know, when we talk about niching is I say who you are is as much a part of your niche as who you help. And I think that's a missing piece. That's another like idea I'm really trying to champion for coaches who are like, what's my niche? I'm like, who are you? Figure out if you know who you are, you're like halfway there. And that's just not encouraged. It's all about like out there. And, and I'm. Well, it's, it's, I, yeah. it's, I don't know if our culture is too fast or, or mm. what it is. Um, Cause I've talked to just different business leaders who 
we we've thrown out different conversations on, you know, how do you really dig in and reflect and things like that. And you, there's, there's certain, um, tried and true ways, like, you know, starting the day with, um, journaling or prayer or meditation or what have you, but it's not uncommon that some of the responses I get in that, in those those answers is, oh, I don't have time for that, or I don't have space for that. You know, I gotta, I gotta go, go, yeah. go. So it, it almost feels like we've sort of made success. And I don't mean just monetary success. I mean, like, if I want to feel like I'm making a difference for someone, it almost feels like there, there's a bit of a, um, you should feel guilty for focusing on you. You should feel guilty for Ugh. really taking time for yourself, reflecting. Cause, because if you, it, it almost feels like there's just, there's just not, you use the word, it's, it's not really encouraged. And I'd agree. It, it doesn't really feel like we hear that kind of dialogue a lot on, you know, dig in on who you are, figure out who you are. And not just like, you know, the first look figure out, but like, you know, think on it and rethink on it and develop that identity. Um, I, I just don't think it happens that much. And I, I think it's like you said, I don't know if our culture really, um, if it's, if it's synonymous with, with how we do life today. You know, what's so interesting as I hear you say that is we're going to show up either way. Mm. Like we're all, if we are in a business where we are in somehow relationship with another person, we are part of that ecosystem, whether we know who we are or not. So why not know who we are? <laughs> like, yeah, I get what you're saying as if, but it's either way, we're going to show up and be in synergy with the client or the person or whatever. And you're right. Like we can either go into that and not know what we're bringing into it, or we can go into it knowing what we do. And I just have found that the coaches who know what they bring into those partnerships and what's so cool about it is they have that before they've even coached their first client. I love when I get to talk to a coach who's like, I haven't even had a client yet. I'm like, then let's, this is a great place to start mm -hmm. because you are, you don't need, yes, you are going to learn so much through the baking, right? Of course we got to get you baking. Let's get you out there trying some cakes out and stuff. But you've got gifts even before that moment. And there's this confidence that starts to turn on. And, you know, I, I can share this little example. I'm in a bunch of like coaching groups, you know, and it's always interesting when someone's like, introduce yourself. Tell us about what you do as a coach or who you are. Almost across the board, coaches come in and say, here's my name. Here's my niche. Here's my offer. Very rarely does a coach talk about who they are as a person. Hmm. And I, I put up on in one of my groups and it's a conversation I just like having is like, tell me about your coaching, but you cannot tell me about who you help or what your offer is. <laughs> and it's some people are like, Oh, well, I don't know. When I say what makes you different than every other coach out there? Oh, uh, you know, and their brow gets for it. I'm like, that's where I want to help. Right. Cause I want coaches cause they are, there's no other coach like any other coach out there. And but if we don't know how, it, we kind of start to compare each other, you know, on all this surface stuff. And, but it's really powerful when a coach really realizes and recognizes from the beginning. And what it does is that moment of being willing to turn the light, the flashlight onto oneself amplifies what they're able to bring into their work. And I think you know that too. It's like if we see it as being, um, uh, oh, shoot a binary you either pay attention to yourself or you pay attention to your client 
then of course it always feels like you have to give something up. But what if you see them as a compliment that by paying attention to yourself, it actually maximizes what you can do in your work, coach or otherwise. How do you encourage someone? How do you encourage a new coach to not feel um, ashamed or guilty yeah. for not having everything figured out in terms of who they are? Because oh. there's a bit of also this dialogue around cult- coaching where it's like amateur versus expert. And yeah. so it, it almost feels like the best coaches are, um, they aren't actually amateurs, but they're very confident and comfortable in oh. Yeah. I don't know. the. I have no idea. I don't know the answer to that. Like someone asked me about how do you grow a Facebook group? And I was like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you have this other side that's like, I'm, you know, and it goes back to what, you know, you joking about, um, you know, people, what they have to wear and like the sheen and shine, but like sort of like this expert, um, persona where we feel like, even like, even like bridging the gap into the conversation of who am I, you know, discovering this, you know, who am I as a baker, like getting, getting the reps out. It, it feels like it's, it's easy to fall into the trap of feeling guilty, especially if you're going to charge people money. How do you help people develop that sense of comfort in the fact that they're growing to, they're figuring things out too? Yeah. So I have to, again, your listeners can't see, but on my desk, I have a little stack of post-its. And when I'm talking with someone, if I have an idea, I'll usually write it down on the post-it. So I literally have this like montage of post-its in front of me. (laughs) So the other day I was in a, a meeting with coaches. It was like a meet and greet and get to know people. And there was this one woman there and she was lovely. She's like, Oh my gosh. She's like, I'm so new at this. You know, she's like, you know, I feel like I'm all over the place and I have, and I have no idea what I'm doing. And you guys are so pulled together. She said it. She's like, I feel like you guys know what you're doing and I'm all over the place and I, and I don't know what I'm doing. And I, I kind of just laughed to myself. I didn't say it at the time, but I literally wrote down this exact post-it and it says, we're all all over the place and none of us really know what we're doing. I just was like kind of, you know, because it wasn't my turn to talk. But that's how I felt when she said that. So I was like, you think we're not all over the place? <laughs> that we, I think there is this perception. And I, I, I think that's another thing I'm trying to teach and to share and to get out there is that, that I don't know if it's that they're seeing, it, like there's this, again, polish to it, or if it's simply about, being more comfortable in our own skin and, um, and, and, and I got to say, it's knowing what my gifts are and recognizing that no one's going to coach like I'm going to coach and inviting new coaches to, um, to adopt that from the beginning that no one is going to coach like you're going to coach because no one else is you. And I think that's why I like the tool and the approach that I'm using, because I want that out there from the very beginning. I want, I just think it's so valuable for them to see and to know that, that by, you know, letting their quirks shine and letting their personality be a part of their work and designing coaching experiences instead of, you know, coaching offers you know, is just so much more interesting and fun and personality driven. And by virtue of putting ourselves into our work, it makes it more compelling and different. 
And that's what stands out. Mm. I see it all the time. I can go on and look at feeds of coaches. I'm like, everyone is saying the exact same thing. Mm. We are, it's all, it all just, you can just see the, and I just, it's those outliers. Those are the ones that I'm always drawn to. Like, oh, and the reason I'm usually drawn to them is because they're being themselves and they're using real words and, you know, they're not putting the polish on, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's almost like, uh, finally talking like a normal person. Some people, Oh my gosh. Like I saw someone who's, he's new to the coaching world and he, he works like in the leadership management space and he posted something that was, um, just very academic is the word that I keep thinking of. And as I was reading it, I thought, and I, I didn't want to discourage this person, but I thought to myself, okay, no one talks that way. And it, it's almost like that's what we get into. And you know, what's funny actually listening to you talk about like the outliers. Um, I don't know if you follow David Breyer at all, but he's Mm. a really incredible branding guy, but he and I had a conversation and he was talking about how the magic is found in those people who are willing to be different. Yeah. He's like, no, I don't mean like, you know, you're wearing a clown hat and like a funny nose. And like, people are like, what are you doing? Like, you're not being different just to be able to, just to be able to say I'm different, but you are willing to embrace the quirkiness that you're talking about yes. willing to embrace things that isn't, it's not normal on social media or yeah. what your customers have already always heard. Um, and I think like, like you've said already, it's powerful when people find comfort in that yes. when find autonomy in that. So, and you know what? So when you say like when people who are willing to be different, what comes up for me is like, yeah, people who are willing to be themselves because we're all different. Like we, it's like we are all connected and we are all these unique. And I, I think that's what I, what I'm really trying to shine the flashlight on for new coaches is that is first, I, I say this, I'm like, first we're going to look at the coach. Cause I think that gets lost. New coaches come out of certifications or they get really inspired. They just want to help people, you know, and they're just thrust into this cacophony of, well, now you got to here fit into this thing and then you can coach. And it's, it's no wonder that it's like a factory almost. Yeah. You know, one of the things when I, the coaches who resonate with me, it's come up many times where they'll say, I don't want to be a clone. Mm. I feel like I'm kind of becoming a clone. And I'm like, mm-hmm, that's, I, that's the a pain point because it can feel like that. And I've said to him, so I'm like, we're not trying to build coaching franchises. We're trying to build boutiques. And what sets what makes boutiques so cool, why people want to go into them is because they reflect the personality of their owner. Mm. You know, and it's like, I like working with people who want that. The thing is, is it can take a little, it's more of a slow and steady and sustainable space. You know, it, it's, it's a, it takes experimenting and being willing to play and try things out and, and but, a lot of baking and playing. And, um, I think that's normal though. Like, I, I feel yeah. like, I, I feel like you're, I feel like you're trying to kindly state like, Hey, it's not like the overnight, you know, magic in a bottle, right? Or whatever. <laughs> but the more I've, I've talked to people, especially people who have had long-term success, that that length of time between the idea and like actual and not even just execution but like seeing the fruit of your labor i think that's actually just real business versus what yeah. people present like i talked to a guy who he lives in la he's incredibly successful 
And we were just having this conversation on starting and running a business. And he was like, yeah, it's going to take you five years. Right. I, I don't care what anyone tells you. And he's, he is mega, mega successful. And he's like, for me, it took me 10 years. Oh yeah. It's taking me that. <laughs> and, he, and so like, it, it's, it's, as I'm listening to you say, you know, it's going to take a little longer. I'm kind of like, then it, then it must be real. You know, it must, be I, the, it must be the real deal. Otherwise, um, you know, and I'm not, you know, someone's been like trying to run a business for 20 years and they've never made money. Okay. Maybe, maybe someone's not working there, but it, it feels like if we can retrain our minds to be much more long-term and much more patient in letting, you know, watering the seed and like letting it really take root, it, that, that's like the, it, again, it's the word I keep using is it's, it's the real business versus, you know, I'm actually just looking to make, you know, get rich and I'm not willing to say it out loud or, you know, what yeah. have you. And well, in that, and that, I think that's what I meant by that whole idea of goal hijacking is that it is crazy. The ads and the promotions and the sponsored stuff where it's like 60 days to hundred K like that legit. And there are people fresh out of whether it's a coach or an entrepreneur or someone who wants to be self-employed that the minute they start looking in that direction, that is what they are hearing. And it's like, Oh, well, I guess I just, just follow this proven system and then I will have this success. And it's, I maybe it works for some people. That's my point. So I'm like, maybe those things work, but here's what's so interesting about that. And this is where like work preferences gets, you know, when I, when I hear something about proven systems, this is where I think and come, you know, that it's a proven system for who, because there is no one size fits all. There is no one right way to be a coach or build a practice but there's a right way for you and for every other coach out there. And so again, that's another piece of why, why I enjoy using UMAP as a tool and why it's, you know, why I think it can be so valuable through many different layers is because not every business model is the right fit for every entrepreneur. And, you know, for that person who's starting their own business, who's listening, it's like, find the way that's a fit for who you are. And you're just going to have so much more fun. It's going to feel so much more easeful. And there's so many options. That's another thing. Is there so many different ways of doing it? Why pick the paths that just, you feel like you're gritting your teeth. Mm -hmm. Pick the path that is, comes more naturally to you where you're, you can maximize your own skills when your strengths are given room to shine. And I think that's another kind of, theory or hypothesis that I'm just like really trying to get out there is that you can find a way that feels really good. And what you're describing, I've, I've thought about this picture in my head of like, if we had a timeline and here's point A and here's point B, that I think what you're saying is right. Like the same amount of time is going to pass. It's just about how do you want to pass it? <laughs> yeah. And I guess I'm like, listen, I would rather you pass it being playful and experimenting and maximizing your own gifts and trying things out and having little adventures and then coming back and figuring out your special sauce and who you are and then tying it all together in the business principles and ideas. Or I guess you could start that from the beginning and just like yeah. pull your hair out and spend Agonize. a ton of money trying to like find the magic bullet. Right. If at the end of it all, we're going to end up at the same place, like why not do it in this way that just, you know, I, what, what it makes me think of is when you're driving and you, you know, you're trying to get somewhere and you're like, you're going around people, you know, you're cutting through lanes, you're really stressed, you're frustrated yeah. and then you get to the stoplight and that car pulls up next to you. A hundred percent. 
and you're gonna like and there's a little bit of a shame there of like don't look at them because you know that you know they know or like roles reverse you know you're just you're just enjoying the day you're just driving you know maybe you're talking to your, your partner or you're hanging out yeah. with friends and you get to the stoplight and you're like oh hey there's that car that you know must have just been going double my speed so stressed. or you know it's just that's the image that i keep getting in my head that's exact. Yeah. That is the perfect metaphor. I'm a metaphor junkie. So that, that fits perfectly. Is if we're like that friend of yours, he's like, yeah, it's took me five years. Some people say it takes 10 years. It's if it's going to take some time, if we can all just step back and take a breath and say, this is going to take some time, then it can become, well, how do I want to do it? Mm-hmm. And I guess the way I'm looking, at least in the coaching industry is like, well, let's put the coach first and then look at the coaching and then we can look at the business of coaching. And it's not that I have a thing against the business of coaching. Those are principles that I'm learning and studying. And it's, I have no beef with all of those ideas. It's just the order in which it's being put in front of particularly new coaches who are just so, again, the word I think of is vibrant. And yeah, wide-eyed and bushy-tailed. Wide-eyed and bushy-tailed. And then it's like, hey, you want to coach? Build a business. It's like, what? Right. And I, and again, and going back to what you said at the very beginning, it's like, so that's why you see just a lot of coaches out there who are putting on the business air, but you kind of know behind it. You're like, yeah, but do you know what, have you baked much yet? Have you, how long have you been baking? Yeah. yeah. I want a baker who's been in the kitchen for a while, like who really knows their ingredients. And, um, and that's just, that's something I'm trying to promote. Well, Allegra, this has been an incredible episode, just like uh-huh. the first one. I hope so. Um, I love having my round two conversations. And, <laughs> uh, tell, you know, you've mentioned a couple of things that you're launched, a couple of things you're working on. Yeah. What, what, so uh, two things I want to ask you to promote. Okay. One, one, first of all, what do you, you said you're building something, you're about to launch something. What do you, yeah. what are you immediately putting together? And two, if someone's listening and they're wanting to get into coaching, yeah, where and how do they start with you? Okay. Whether that's, whether that's this program or not, I don't know if it would be, um, might be the same answer, but someone who's just getting started, how would they approach you, engage with you? And then what's the latest thing that you're rolling out? Okay, cool. So the way to connect with me and just learn more about, you know, ideas, I have a podcast also, it's called The Niche and Compass. That's where I, I like, I call it shining my light and just sharing my point of view. And um, I've heard from listeners that they just, I put out really short episodes of ideas around coaching that I think are really helpful. And so they can find that or they can find me on Instagram um, at Misfit to Maverick. And that is another place to engage and just get some ideas. I love connecting with people. <laughs> so like if you find me on Instagram, I'll probably write you and say, hi, who are you? I want to know what you're up to just because that's my relator. Um, so those are two just ways of engaging. And I would certainly love to, if anyone has questions, they can reach me that way. Um, and as far as the way people work with me now, so yeah, I have a membership space. It's called Misfit to Maverick. It is for coaches who feel aligned with what I've been sharing today. It's for coaches who want to do things their own way, where the coach and the coaching comes first. And as part of Misfit to Maverick, um, new members get their UMAPs, which I'm really excited about, and they get access to the Niche and Compass course, which is what I've been developing as a coaching program over the past six, seven months. It's now going to be included in Misfit to Maverick. And I think even more exciting than any of the, than those two things is it's just going to be a community of really 
special coaches who are in support of one another and carving their own paths and, and, um, letting their kind of unique gifts and strengths shine in their work. So, um, if anyone would like to check that out, that's at misfittomaverick.com. I love it. Allegra, thanks for being here today. Thank you so much. I love talking with you. You as well. Uh, right, for the listeners, uh, yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Later. No, it's good. Let's jump right in with my outro. Please. For the listeners, uh, absolutely make sure if you're a first time listener, what the heck are you waiting on? Click that subscribe button so you can keep getting good advice wherever you listen to this podcast. And hey, if you enjoyed this episode, which why the heck wouldn't you? Allegra's amazing. Be sure to leave us a five star review. Hey, I'll put that Misfit to Maverick web address down in the podcast description below. I'll also put a link to her podcast, The Niching Compass, as well as how you can follow her on LinkedIn and on Instagram. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you later. Take care.